Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> it's out of control. I don't know what else to do. Yo, good morning. Welcome back from the all-star break. It's the stochastic.com NBA strategy show. 10 game action today. Late games not included. Very happy to have you guys with us. I hope you had a wonderful break. Hopefully you got did some fun stuff. I get you know what? I shouldn't say that. It's different for us than it is for, yeah. for most. Like this is yeah, people just live their lives the same way. Right. It's a, it's exactly they just they don't weren't on Christmas break. And don't play DFS. Yeah. But the thing is, for us, for like Christmas and Thanksgiving break, we don't really get that. Nope. Like the exact I'm not opposite. You know, like we get those few moments, like the all-star break, NBA all-star break and stuff. So, um, yeah, John P I don't play call of duty. I don't play video game. The last video game I played, John, you know what it was. I do. The old red dead redemption. My boy, I was trying to think of something that would have like shamed you, but I couldn't (laughs) think of like that kind of, my body hit uh, me out the other days. Like I was just looking through old videos and pictures and like screen grabs and stuff of red dead. I was like, let me go find some. And it was just me hauling a limbless, headless corpse <laughs> on my ho- on my white Arabian, now red Arabian, up to a mountaintop to dump him off and say goodbye. What a time that was! Remember, we we were into that for a while. That was fun. oh yeah, I I I, I loved it. Um, I feel like you would like Call of Duty though. I you know what I like? I, I'll tell you right now because I played Call of Duty right before Red. Uh, I like the World War II Call of Duties. Like that's my that's my pace I, I thoroughly enjoy the world war ii stuff which side the axis powers no the allied forces i don't believe you can play call of duty as the axis yeah, that's the problem yeah I'm, I'm japan it's like going into nanking and yeah no none of that stuff <laughs> japan was brutal but yeah man i, I like the world war ii ones those are fun but Red Dead Redemption put me. This is before I had kids too. This put sure. me in another world. And I, he was he was lamenting the fact that like we won't get a Red Dead Redemption three, for forever. And he's yeah. like, this is but great. That's okay though. We, we we know what's on the horizon. Exactly. I assume you're gonna. I, I assume you're diving into GTA when it comes out. Damn right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But no. I was like, listen, I'm fine with Red Dead Redemption coming out when I'm 45 because my kids will be old enough to not bother me with anything. Just think about how good it's going to get when you put the Vision Pro headset on and you're just in (laughs) Red Dead. But uh, yeah, man, what are we looking at for GTA 6? Because I will play that is because I've always loved next year, right? I thought it was next year. Isn't that what I said? I think you said this year. Yeah, I think it's 25. All right. Well, either way, I will partake. It'll be, sure. it'll be. You have to play it. It's just, it's incredible. Happy to have you guys with us, man. We got ten games. Take one single second if you haven't done so yet. Greatly appreciate you uh, atoning for your sins here on a Thursday morning, and hitting that thumbs up. 
It would be it would be greatly appreciated. It takes a single second of your day. One little subtle reminder here before we get started. Hit that subscribe button as well. If you're new to the show, welcome. Watching after the fact, listening after the fact, leave a comment down below. Josh and I, depending on the conversation, thoroughly enjoy reading and responding to all of those. And remember, you ever want to listen in podcast form, right? Like you want to close your phone, maybe. Don't have YouTube Premium, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All of our episodes that have any bit of shelf life go straight to podcast form right after this. So however you want to listen, we see you out there and appreciate it. Um, yeah, Zachary, get, GoldenEye was the shit. That, that I mean, that was like, yeah. there were games, because N64 is what we would play. We would sit in up in my bedroom after playing hockey or manhunt or something, go quad screen with the neighborhood, like me and three of my buddies, and play GoldenEye on the quad screen. That was, to me, that's probably my, outside of playing hockey and doing stuff outside, one of my fondest memories as a child. It's funny to think about that now too. You like you didn't even bat an eye on the fact that you were playing on like a twenty-five inch TV, tiny, split in four blocks, too. and now I hooked that up to a fifty-five inch, and it's just like I might have to get a new TV. Yeah, well, you all four of you are sitting like next to each other in a line. Yeah, with the cord with with the cords on the actual controllers. Right? Yeah, yeah, and cables everywhere. Cables everywhere, and you're sitting like what three feet from the TV? More or less, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow, I mean, the I good to, old days. I think the TV I had was probably, you know, in my bedroom. It was probably like that wide. Yeah, they, they weren't like big. a twenty-four inch TV or something. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> not a flat screen. This wasn't ten eighty p. None of that. You have a good All Star uh, break. You got to hang out I with my friend was, Adam Share. Go to I, go to dinner with I, him. I did. I did have I had dinner with Adam on Friday. Um, uh, it was a long, long, long weekend and days went from north carolina to baltimore and had breakfast in baltimore with another friend drove all the way up to my dad's stayed for a day then drove to bethlehem and went to that casino for the night then drove to charlottesville virginia what were you doing there uh katie wanted to go there's some really great wineries. I didn't make it to the Trump winery, unfortunately. And I say that legitimately. I thought that would have been a really fun thing to do. It is there. That is a real thing. There's a Trump winery in Charlotte. Yes, that is. A, that, that, this is no part of this is a bit. Um, what I did in Charlotte, that was that that was different. I didn't go to the winery. Yeah. Met some friends. Yeah. But there was a really nice uh, 8chan thread that got me where I needed to go. We'll stop on the way home. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I got up to the slopes, went snowboarding, dude. It was the most beautiful. I saw you eat shit. Yeah, but that was a nice butter. You see me holding that? That was pretty sweet. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. You know what a manual is on a snowboard or on a, on a, on a skateboard? Like where you? I know what it is in a car. No, a manual, like on the back two wheels. You're riding on the back two wheels. Nope. Well, same thing with a snowboard. You're you're riding either on the front or the back of the board down the mountain. I was holding it nice, and I was like, man, he's filming me. Let me see how high I can get this. And uh, caught an edge. Boom. But yeah, 35 degrees, sunny, no wind. We paused, had a couple drinks, went back out, and then closed the day out at the outside bar in the sun. Pretty nice, dude, on top of the mountain. It's a good time. Where'd you go? So Blue Mountain is local to me. Mm -hmm. You know you know the mountains aren't here. There's nothing crazy. But there was yeah. a ton of powder still down from uh, from the snow. So it was actually some really good runs. It was good. But... You know what the mountains in in like eastern Pennsylvania are like, so I do. Mm, I, not, I mean, like, like 
You are, by going to where you went, you were even closer to me. Oh, really? What, to where you grew up? Yeah. Yeah, it's in Palmerton, Pennsylvania. Yes, it is. Yeah. We usually, we a lot of times go to Camelback and Tannersville. Oh, so, man. Did you ever mess around with anything else at Camelback? Not the skiing. Did you ever no, do like I, the they, water park? Or that's the, a resort like that? now. It's a resort now. Yeah, my it's dad used to take me back resort. in the day. They yeah. have the like the concrete track with the little carts that you could race down the mountain. That was always pretty fun. But yeah, Palmerton's yeah. like half hour from my house. Oh man. Well, it was Tuesday. You were already home. If it was Monday, I would have hit you up. I've I have not been on the slopes in 20 no, years. No, no, no. I would have stopped. I would have stopped uh, by. Yeah, hey, yeah uh, we were any, we had already crossed paths. Anyway, time to talk some basketball. Uh one last one thing. One last before, thing. No, oh, I, I have one last thing. Well, I was just gonna say, since we are dumb and forgot to make a bet. Yeah, I think what needs to be done is that the tattoo bet just needs to be paid off and it needs to get done with. I agree. Okay, I agree. Well, we can definitely think about another bet, you know, coming towards the playoffs or something like that. Yep. But uh, full stop agree. By the end of today's show, we will have the location. We will have the tattoo and you will Ooh. set something up. I don't think that'll be today, but within the next two days, this is going to be a long one. We have 10 days and we haven't done a show in a week and we're it's 7, 10, 15 already and we haven't started. Let's get into it. We'll figure it Hold out. Hold on. Last one. Oh, because John P said it. She, he said, Josh got the new Trump sneakers. Did you see them? Yeah, apparently they sold out pretty quick. How expensive? Weren't they like $5,000? No, so the problem is they weren't that expensive, but they only made a thousand pairs. So they started reselling them and then just. I want one. I want them so bad. Wait, are they actually nice? I mean,. I don't know. Like, I don't know how to answer that. Oh, the gold ones? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never be able to get them because there's just too short of a print run. But would you I wear them? them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I I need to get my hands on those. We'll see how they, we'll see how expensive they are. Maybe maybe we can get you some. That's they're crazy. they're. they're they're outside the realm. I need to win a, a pretty sizable GPP. Okay, they were 400 bucks, and now they're probably just... A couple thousand, yeah. First up, Orlando and Cleveland. Let's get into it, man. We're back. 216 and a half total. Cleveland seven-point favorites at home. Donovan Mitchell's... So most of the guys who are questionable today, there's a few of them are questionable with illnesses. So like any, any significant ones. Because most of these guys, yeah. like you either knew they were going to be out um, or you know, whatever, coming off of a long layoff with the All-Star break. This is one where Donovan Mitchell is actually questionable, though. Uh, at this point, you just assume he's in. I think ultimately, though, from this game on both sides, Markel Fultz is out, by the way, as well. You're probably not getting to much Donovan Mitchell to begin with. We do have Mobley relatively popular power forward center against Orlando. Uh, I just, since there's not a lot here, I figure we can just hit this kind of from both sides. We got a late start. We we have 10 games, Josh. Um, you know, tackle it from both sides of this one. Franz Wagner getting a little bit of love. There's three guys in double digit ownership right now. It's Mobley, it's Franz Wagner, and it's Jonathan Isaac. I assume that comes down again. He's 3,500 power forward center. Uh, it's, this is just probably a lack of value for the most part, but my guess is he doesn't stay in the double digits for a 10-game slate by the time we get to 7 o'clock. That would be my guess as well. Um, 
I'm a little scattered for Orlando. And we went pretty heavy on Isaac's minutes. Uh, we have him in for close to 22. I only went to 17, which is causing me to not really get him. It's hard to get much from the Orlando side. I have a bit of Jalen Suggs at 4,500, who to me looks like the best option just because of Fultz not being around. But this is a matchup against the number two defense. This is a matchup against a team 24th in pace. Like, this is slow. It's a slow matchup on both sides. It's a defensive struggle on both sides. There are some other spots that really open up a lot of value. This doesn't appear to be one of them. Now, do I have a little bit of a lot of these? Like, I have a little bit of Franz. I have a little bit of Suggs. I have some Isaac. I have some Wendell Carter Jr., this is not a team that's spitting out priorities for today, not in this matchup. But yeah, I don't expect that positive leverage for John Isaac to hold. Uh, and I think the best option that you can get to from Orlando is Jalen Suggs. With Cleveland, how much Mobley are you currently getting to? Because we have him pretty popular today. I can pull him up in the boom bust tool as well uh, yeah. and see what the leverage looks like there. I assume there's some negative leverage on Mobley. Not as much as you would expect, but it is a little negative. Are you getting there? I am, actually. I have 14%. He's 6,700. He's power forward center. Here's the big thing, because I think we have positive leverage on Darius Garland. He's in 40% of my lineups right now. Really? Here's the big talking point. News came out over the break. Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are no longer limited for moving forward. So that changes things in a big way to me. We saw Garland... He was playing basically 30 minutes a night over the past three or four. I bumped him up to 33. We saw Mobley get to 31. I gave him 32. I want to get to Garland at 5,900 today with, from what we can tell, no minutes limit. To me, if he's going to be sub 10% on, that's the first place that I want to just take a flyer. He hasn't been great lately. 0.9 fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days. But we're talking about a guy that is normally around a fantasy point per minute. And if that's the case, you are getting him at a price tag that doesn't represent how many minutes he's likely to play. That price tag represents him playing 30 a night, not the increased run that we should expect out of Garland. So to me, he's one of my favorite GPP options. For the similar reason, I like Mobley, but he's up to 6,700 and like he's already getting some of the ownership. So it didn't go as crazy. But to me, those two guys are the standout options for Cleveland. Is worth pointing out these two teams, bottom 10 in pace, top five in defense. Uh, so overall, it's not going to be the best looking game. No. Your, your interest in Mobley and Garland comes from the fact that if their minutes trend back up in the first game since the break, to where they were before the injuries that sideline them for a pretty significant period of time, then there's no way that they stay at those price points. So it's it's not a matchup yeah. thing at all. It's not a pace no. thing at all. It's really simply just underpriced based on projected playing time. Yep. Yeah. Like Darius Garland is not going to be 5,900 in a week. He'll be 6,500, 6,700, whatever we want to say that that price gets to, but he's just not going to be at that range. He's averaged 32 minutes per start on the season. And that includes a chunk of time where he was limited for the past couple of games. So right out of the gate, like 33 makes the most sense to me. And if that's the case, uh 7% ownership is just underrepresented for where his price is. What about the Knicks and Sixers? Uh, Sixers are one yes. point home favorites, 226 total. Uh from an injury standpoint, just a refresher for those of you guys, you know, all of us been out for a week now, Julius Randle, OG Ananobi are out. Everyone else, if you see, like Hartenstein's probable. Uh, who else? Bogdanovich is probable. 
Melton's still out for Philly. Batum's questionable. Tobias Harris is off the injury report. So nothing, nothing new to speak of here. Like anything before the all-star break is exactly how it was now. Yeah. The minutes are huge for these Knicks players. I mean, just look at the, consider the source, consider the coach, but you have gotten to a point where the, where the, uh, the, the playing, or I'm sorry, the salaries have begun to reflect that. The only thing I will say, though, is since Joel Embiid went out, this defense for the 76ers has been trash. You know, yeah. and, and you lose Beverly at the deadline. From a defensive perspective, that doesn't really help you either. They didn't get any better at the deadline defensively. Uh, Melton, no. you know, Melton, another guy that could make a huge difference, is still out. Look at the construction, like the makeup of this roster. It's no surprise that this defense has been as bad as it has. No, not at all. Uh, you, it's that's what's going to happen when you take Joel Embiid off the floor and replace him with Paul Reed and Mo Bamba and yep. whoever else you want to say is playing center at that point in time. You're really giving up a lot of your center identity for, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at it right now to see just on the season, their, def de their defensive rating just simply with Embiid off the floor on the season is uh, 117.2. That's 45th percentile. And, you know, that's excluding Marcus Morris, who's not there anymore, who's definitely going to lean defense. That's excluding Robert Covington and any minutes that he had prior to that. That's a lot of Melton minutes that are out there. Another defensive player, as you mentioned, that is going to help bring that up. They lost a lot defensively. That said, I don't know how much it opens up on the Knicks side because they're basically just going to play like eight and a half dudes. And it's all the same guys that always play. I think Isaiah Hartenstein is interesting just because he finally got to rest. He got, you know, basically 10 days off for that Achilles soreness. I assume Tibbs just lets him go out there and plays 32 minutes again. He is uh, one of the, one of the picks that I have uh, on my prize picks video for today. I went to Isaiah Hartenstein, which I like in a matchup against Paul Reed, but the guy that I'm getting to the most of for the Knicks right now Relative to ownership, it's either Brunson or Hart, but Hart is the guy that I have the most of. We have a Chua with the most leverage, but the easiest way to describe the Knicks is this. The highest optimal rate is 6% to Josh Hart. The highest ownership is 5.5% to Josh Hart. There's just not a lot to like here. No, there's not. But Hartenstein is interesting because, you know, you're, you're, you're good to go. You're probable. He was playing really big minutes. You know, we saw what? the 36 and 33, then 35 from him. Phenomenal rebounder. No Joel Embiid. Like Paul Reed's a high energy guy, but he's not somebody you worry about in, in any fashion at no. all. Uh, not on no. the glass either. Like, sure, he'll battle, but how much yeah. the difference does it make? Hartenstein's up there in price. But I guess, you know, you what are you projecting him for, 33 minutes today? I went 32, but... You know, all bets are off when it comes to like if if they think he's healthy, Tibbs might run him out there for thirty eight. Like, there's no, there's right. certainly upside in the minutes, but thirty two felt safe. And if that's the case for a guy that averages a fantasy point per minute on the season, doesn't look that bad or around the fantasy point per minute. Yeah, like he, there's ambiguity in Isaiah Hartenstein's playing time today, and I think that's a benefit if you're trying to play a large field contest because we don't totally know how he's going to be but we do know what Tibbs tends to do in these situations he's averaged 31 and a half minutes per start and obviously some of those starts were a little bit compromised too so 
and they weren't as shorthanded as they are here too. So landing at 32 makes a lot of sense, but I think 36 is certainly on the table if it's competitive. How do you get to anyone from Philly at this point? I mean, it's, you don't, it's tough. The only guy I'll keep throwing out there, you know, on a nightly basis, it's not maxi because that price point still to me is tough to get to. I, I still honestly think Buddy Heald is fine. Like they're using him a lot. He gets no ownership. You look at you look at his last three games w- with Philly. Maybe it was three. Uh, so he's played four games with Philly, right? Yeah, he has twenty plus points in all of them. Yeah. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, 35, 47, 44, 46. The reason I mention that though, look, look at his assist numbers. Look at his assist rate. Buddy Heald is not just like a spot up three guy. He's actually distributing. And to me, yeah. that that provides a much higher floor on a guy like Buddy Heald than he had in plenty of other places that he's played at. He has six plus assi- or six plus assists in every game, eight and ten over his last two. And don't don't mistake. Look, the last two games were against Cleveland and Miami. It's not like it was a Washington, Charlotte, Indiana matchup. Like a couple teams that don't exactly play super fast, don't have terrible defenses. He has been very good. He's the only guy that I have in more than one lineup. I only have three percent of him, and I would take a closer look. But one, uh, the Knicks are the slowest team in basketball. It's a terrible spot, one way or the other. And two. Kyle Lowry now is available for the Philadelphia 76ers. Tobias Harris is back after missing that last game. I think the any additional ball handling we are getting out of Buddy Heald before is a little bit more likely to go away now that Lowry is here and now that Harris is back. But I like the shot. Like, it's it's on the table for sure. But now the price has, has gotten him to a point where in this spot, even if you're giving him big minutes, 34, 35, 36, Hard to squeeze the value out in, in a matchup against the slowest team in the league. For sure. Yeah, not a priority by any means. But a no. um, lot of minutes. A lot of minutes going to Buddy Heald. All right. Uh, we could probably move on from Philly then. Yeah, they're one of the easier teams to avoid today. They have 13% aggregate ownership, which is tied for the second l- lowest amount. The only one that is worse it's a game we'll get to at 7.30. Dallas and Phoenix are basically unowned across the board, might and they play spot, each other. Might be a spot to skip. Uh, I'll tell you one spot I love today. Uh, Detroit's an 11.5-point dog against the Pacers in a 246.5 total. You know, you're, you're not going to go with me on this one? I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with your assessment. Uh, well, it is no, disgusting. It's gross. I, I think Kate at 7,600 is just a, a really nice play today. Like he's, he's coming off of the break, right. Yeah. Which is great for him. Yes. He, he, he played both ends of a back-to-back before the all-star break 25 and 26 minutes, but both of them were blowouts. Right. So like he came back in for a couple minutes last game um, or maybe it was the Lakers game. I think it was one of them, they were uh, they were down by like 30 and then cut it closer. And then he came back for a couple minutes until it was just completely out of reach. But prior to that, 39 minutes, 35 minutes against the Pacers today, not a good defensive team, fast-paced game, 246.5 point total. He's 7,600 coming off of the All-Star break. And I know his permanent production hasn't been electric, but it also hasn't been bad. And this is a good matchup. 
1.2 fantasy points per minute for Gate over the past month. He is my most exposed piston. I don't have a giant stand on him, but I have 15%. We're projecting uh, 17% ownership. So I'm right there with you. I do think that he looks like the guy you want to get to. I'll mention another piece of my prize picks video for today. Jaden Ivey, uh, points, rebounds, and assists. I have the over there. I can say over when they're not sponsoring. I have the over on Jaden Ivey. Um, I still have a little bit of him. I have 8% of Ivy. I have 9% of Duran. I have 10% of Asar Thompson. Like, I certainly like getting to pieces of this Pistons team just because of how good this matchup is. But we do have them sort of stabilized in price at this point. Um, the other big question mark that we have here, and I don't really know how it'll shake out, Isaiah Stewart is back, maybe. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, is it confer- he's questionable and he's been practicing. Yeah, he's also probably facing a suspension for... Uh, his fight in the tunnel prior to the break. Yes. So we don't really know what the status is here, but he's been starting alongside of Dern for a lot of this season coming in at the four. Do they do that now that they've had all of these trades? I'm not sure. There is one guy that if beef stew isn't in today, there's one guy that we have to have at least a little bit of a conversation about. I think it might be Evan Fournier season. Oh God. He's 3,400. He's shooting guard, small forward eligible. Now, like when he plays, he's normally like a 0.8, 0.85 guy. And against the Pacers, it's not like they're scheming to take Evan Fournier out of the game. And if you look at the games that he's played so far, he played 24 and a half minutes on the 13th. He played 26 minutes on the 14th before we rolled into the break. If they're going to play Evan Fournier 24 minutes a game, if, if Beef Stew is still out here, like that'll work for that position and that price for today in a matchup against the Pacers. It's not crazy. I, it's a, <laughs> it's not nuts. I get it. Um, yeah, yeah. He's getting like, up. You're volume. not gonna go, like. He's not gonna be an overwhelming priority, but he is unquestionably in play if they have to free up another 22 minutes. I get it. He's not exciting, but I get it no. for sure. Man, remember when Isaiah Stewart tried to chase down LeBron James? Yeah, covered in blood. Did you ever watch the challenge back in the day? I used to write articles about it. Okay, so you remember when CT tried to kill Adam and told yes. him he was going to like bash his head in and eat his brains? Yes, I got real. So. I got real CT vibes from Isaiah Stewart. I, yeah. He may have an anger CTE, problem. maybe. Yeah, he may have an anger problem. He probably has a little bit of it. It seems like he's wound a little too tight here, but man, check good old days of the challenge. I, I stopped watching once they started bringing in outside people. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched in a long time. I, I stopped wa- I stopped watching shortly after like the, the downfall of, of CT. Her, I had a, uh, so he's still whatever in it, my, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like a nice guy now. Well, yeah, I mean, he was clearly, I mean, he was clearly on gear, number one, probably other stuff as well. Oh, right? I mean, he's probably he coked out of his head oh, yeah, constantly. Yeah, sure. His brother died. He was dating Diem and she died. died. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, he had a lot going on. Um, but yeah, like my, I was looking through my time hop on my birthday and Katie got me like a Phil Negro throwback jersey you know, like eight or nine years ago. And the final line of like whatever Facebook status I had when she did it was like, in my best TJ Lavin voice, you killed it. We were big challenge people in this house. It's good stuff. It was good stuff, I should say. Were you a TJ Lavin guy? 
fine. That's like your wheelhouse, sort of, right? Not really. I mean, no. it's like tangentially associated with snowboarding and skateboarding and stuff. More of a Dave Mira guy? Well, they were both BMXers, weren't they? Yeah, well, he was also another one of the hosts right. at one point. I'm just naming I mean, I didn't the really other host. Care about the host one way or another, it meant nothing. Ah, okay. But Lavin was the man. Yeah, he was pretty cool. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. If Stewart plays, that's one thing. If he doesn't, that opens things up. Jordan had our exposures up, uh, from the Sims run, and we uh, we had what a lot of Cade made me happy to see that, a lot of Jalen Duran, a little bit of Thompson. Yeah. So yeah, we're clearly at least in the morning, getting pretty decent exposure to the Detroit Pistons. Look, it's gross, but it makes sense. It, it it may, and we'll know more with the injury news, but it's the highest total on the slate. Yeah. And, no, like and, I, I have four guys at 10 to 15%. Like you should right. be getting pieces of this, but I don't think anybody's, like nobody has a broken price. That's what we're going to learn throughout this show. There's basically, like everybody looks like they have a little bit of value. And then when you get to it in the aggregate, it's basically like no one does. Right. There's just a total, like it's soft, but it's soft clean across the board. Right. Yeah. Solid plays, but not guys that you're getting 90% of either. Yeah. There's only one to me that is like that. And it'll be the last thing we talk about. On the slate, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to that. I mean, look, I'll say this much though, with Aaron Neesmith out on the other side of this game, Jalen Smith questionable. That's clearly going to open up value. We have Benedict Matherin, very highly owned, shooting guard, small forward eligible. Yeah. How do you think this plays out with Neesmith sideline? That That's the question. Not the way we do, at least not yet. I don't think Matherin is the guy that moves to the starting lineup. I think it's Doug McDermott. Isaiah Stewart participating in shoot-around, by the way. Yeah. Is, is that like a basketball shoot-around, or is he going to shoot around <laughs> the arena? And Paulo Bencaro, questionable now. But uh, so, anyway, go ahead. You're taking out Neesmith, who's not exactly a usage hog, but you're putting him out there to be a wing and to shoot threes. All of that sounds like Doug McDermott. And then if you go back to the rotation that happened the last time the Pacers played, when Neesmith got hurt, he got hurt like 30 seconds into the third quarter, coming out of the half. Doug McDermott is the guy that went in for Aaron Neesmith at that spot. To me, it feels weird to go Halliburton, Nemhard. Matherin, and now that you have Siakam, that complicates it. To me, you start McDermott, Matherin's the first guy off the bench, and you continue to have that extra ball handler, because if you don't, then that second unit starts to look a little bit weirder. It doesn't make more sense to play McDermott on the second unit. He can just fit, space, do the same thing that Aaron Neesmith is generally doing. Now, is Benedict Matherin's minutes going to go up for no Neesmith? Yeah. Is he more likely to close the game in that situation? Yeah, but I can't project him for 30-plus because I don't think he starts. Maybe not. We don't. He, I'm, and he like Obviously, if he does and you're projecting Benedict Matherin for 31 minutes, then yeah, like he looks like he should get a shit ton of ownership. He should be one of the more popular plays. Every bit of that is true. I just think they're going to start McDermott. Yeah, look, you could absolutely be right. It's also really tough to gauge what a coach is going to do based on in-game adjustments after you know an unexpected injury happens yeah but that's all we have to work with really so. right and we're gonna know it's a seven o'clock start but yeah to me mcdermott is just that one-to-one -one swap for neesmith and you just you know you give mather and his 27 or 28 or like whatever you're whatever you're really looking for 
as the guy that can close. Because let's not forget, like he didn't play that last game before the break. He played 15 minutes in the game before that. He wasn't exactly playing huge minutes when everybody was in. I don't want to just immediately give him those minutes. Would you like Matherin, even if he doesn't start, though? Yeah, I mean, if you're giving him 27 or 28 minutes here, we'll call him like a point eight five guy. Yeah, give him like a 24 fantasy point projection at 4,500. Like, he's a 5.3, 5.4x the salary guy. He's just like 60% ownership at that point then is insane. But he does become like a really nice value play at a great positionality. The price is totally fine. The matchup is fantastic. Everything on paper looks great for Matherin. You just need to know that he's a starter before you get to that 60% range. If he's starting, then everything looks right there. How do you view Doug McDermott if he starts? Because he's essentially minimum salary, but it's also Doug McDermott. I'd rather play Fournier. Like, I went 26 minutes to McDermott. I think he gets out there, but probably doesn't close. He's 3,100, but... McDermott's like a 0.6.65 fantasy point per minute guy. You need every bit of that playing time. He only has small forwards. That's mildly limiting. So I don't find him to be all that interesting, although on a point per dollar basis, he's fine. Um, Wouldn't mind having a couple shares. I just don't think like he's good, not great. I think there will be better value options, more confident value options, but he's probably like a, 10 to 15% owned dude if you get him in the starting lineup. I think it's fair to say Halliburton's minute restrictions are are gone at this point. I think so too. Yeah. Maybe he'll uh, get another boost in minutes and play like shit again. That sucked, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, he's only, he's 7%. Andrew Nemhard, 14. Miles Turner, 21. What are you doing with the rest of the Pacers? So lots, and this is where it starts to get crazy. Like, I really like Andrew Nemhard at 4,400, point guard, shooting guard, 14% owned. I have him in 35% of my lineups. I find him very easy to get to. His minutes are going nowhere. Like, he's just going to be out there no matter what at this point. So that stands out. I will happily roster Miles Turner. I will happily roster Pascal Siakam. I will happily roster uh, Tyrese Halliburton. All three of those guys that I just mentioned are in like 10 to 15% of my lineups. But uh, 3% own Jalen Smith, um, assuming he is the backup center once again now that he is back. He's a 4K power forward center. We don't have to worry about him being center only behind Miles Turner. The fact that you can play him at power forward, a guy that's like normally a 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy against the Pistons. Like if he's the backup center, he looks great at 4K. We have him 3% owned. I have him in 30% of my lineups. We got three down, a bunch to go. Some of these will be easier than others. Brooklyn and Toronto. Toronto two-point favorites, 231 total here at home. So we can start it off with the Brooklyn Nets. I've been kind of patiently waiting to see if these Simmons minutes are going to creep back up. Um, You know, not as confident here as I was, like not even confident, but less confidence that that that's going to be the case. But the price got what we're going to keep going. Keep going. I want your Nets thoughts. My what? I want your Nets thoughts. Well, I'm just saying, eventually Ben Simmons minutes are going to come back up and he's 5,600, it's a good spot. He's going to pull no ownership. He's a good permanent player, despite rarely actually scoring. Just always one of these interesting guys coming off of the break, 
playing 24 minutes in two games before the break. Hard to really project him right now, but he is a good permanent player. You left out the one reason we really don't know how to project the Brooklyn Nets. They don't have the same coach any longer. Yeah, that, but for sure. And we can get into that. Vaughn fired over the, over the break, but yeah, by the way, I hit the perfect Jacques Gon tweet. That, on that was, that one. I saw that. I saw that. But I, I guess what I'm saying though, when it comes to a guy like Ben Simmons, yeah, the coach could have something significant to do with it or he might not. Like, yeah. it, it just, there, there's so many reasons to where, like, could Ben Simmons, and again, it's following the All Star break, so there's more rest. Could Ben Simmons just come out and play 30 minutes at 5,600 against the Raptors defense that has been god awful? Like, maybe the only saving grace for us here is that Brooklyn looks like shit across the board. Like, 7% optimal to Schroeder, three, four and a half percent ownership to Mikel Bridges. Nobody really looks good on paper, and that is saving us from having this Brooklyn team be like on the edge of being okay. Because if these guys looked decent, if they were all like $300 cheaper, then you're looking at it like, now I really want to get to someone from Brooklyn. But you could take someone like Lonnie Walker and like he could play 26 minutes today or zero. They could start Dennis Smith Jr. today in front of Dennis Schroeder. I don't know who Kevin Ollie wants to play coming out of this break. It could be, he can, like, this could all be different by the time this is done. We have no concept of who he really wants to be out there. If you knew Ben Simmons was getting 28 minutes today, he's going to look a lot different than he does if you just think he's going to be basically the backup to Nick Claxton. So if you're being pessimistic, or if you're being, like, realistic with everybody's minutes and not making any individual stands, then nothing on Brooklyn really looks that good, and you can kind of get away from it. Like, if I'm getting anybody, I think it, I'd want it to be Bridges. But at the same time, we shouldn't be surprised at all if $3,600 Lonnie Walker becomes a key to victory tonight. We should also not be surprised at all if he doesn't get off the bench. It's a difficult spot. It's a it's a yeah. real difficult spot to figure because it it would be it'd be so much easier if they were just playing like a a good def- like the Cavs or something you know in Miami you go all right yes. well whatever Toronto since the start of February is a one twenty three and a half defensive rating I mean it's been really bad they're they've been terrible yeah which lets you it's like a twofold thing like wow how much help like what does og ananobi really bring to a defense and two like aren't scotty barnes and yaka pertle supposed to be better at it than that yeah you would think i thought pertle was for sure yeah um since returning though ben simmons is averaging 1.35 DraftKings points per minute yep he will be unowned today yeah unless like do you think do you think he could start like, do you think he starts and because there's no Dinwiddie anymore, it's a new no. coach. Could Simmons just start? And I, I don't know. I mean, the last time out, they got beat by 50 against the Celtics, and then Jacques yeah. Vaughn. Uh, surprised they didn't fire him the day after that, but they waited it out a little bit and got him a couple extra days of pay. I mean, they went Schroeder, DFS, Thomas, Bridges, Claxton. I assume that's the starting lineup, but like I said, if you want to tell me that Dennis Smith Jr. is the starting point guard over 
Schroeder today, I'd believe it. Like, what the hell do the Nets care about Dennis Schroeder? They could all, it could also be the opposite. Dennis Schroeder could play 34 minutes today, and I would believe that. Like, you would really want to get him at 4,900. That's where it starts to get squirrely. Like, I just don't have any concept of who they want. They could run. There could be five guys on the Nets that get normal starter rotations. I just don't know who they're going to be after what I assume to be Cam Thomas and Bridges. Claxton sort of exists in his own right because there's no chance that like he's going to lose out on anything at this point. But what they yeah. want to do at point guard, all bets are off. Uh, and who, who made that comment? Uh, Arkathel's it. Yes, yeah, Simmons did start the last game he played. They added back-to-back yeah. against Boston. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know if Simmons is the star. Like, I don't know if Simmons is the starter or if Dennis Schroeder just ends up being the starter now as like a traditional point guard. I wouldn't want to start Claxton and Ben Simmons alongside of each That's other because I mean. neither one of right. them can it's, shoot. Right. It's shit, man. I don't know. This might just be one where we have time. Like we we should get a lineup. We should know more. This is a this is a seven o'clock game as well. Yeah, there's four. I, I think games. ultimately nothing will matter unless you get one of those situations where DSJ is into the starting lineup or Lonnie Walker somehow is into the starting. Like they can do weird stuff. If you get something weird, it'll create it. If you just get the same sort of starting lineup we've seen, then you'll be able to ignore the Nets. Yeah, Simmons is just going to end up going nuts today. He's going to play 30 minutes and 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 it'll take zero nothing. shots. Yep, and it'll mean nothing, you know. Anyway, what about Toronto? Scattered ownership across the board here. This is pretty much what we've seen. Plus, none of these guys are all that cheap. No, no, they are not. Um, they're a weird team because I think everybody looks okay. They're like, uh, I don't know which team would be a better cut. Kind of like the Pistons today. Like, I have 8% of Bruce Brown, 9% of Gary Trent, 5 of Quickly, 5 of Pirtle, 9 of Barrett. The most I got to anybody was 13% of Scotty Barnes. So it's like everybody in this like 8 to 10 range. And I think that all sort of makes some sense because they don't really mess around with their rotation all that much. Like we kind of know which dudes are going to be out there, which guys are playing 20, 30 minutes, something in that neighborhood. But like nobody's getting big time positive leverage or negative leverage. Nobody's getting big time optimal rates or ownership. They all just sort of exist. And I think that's kind of how I see it. I think I like Gary Trent the most just because he's 4K point guard, shooting guard. But you, you like you're happy to, I don't even want to say happy. You'll probably get like around a, a half of a Raptor in a lineup. So like one Raptor per two lineups makes some sense. It could just be seven different guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at our exposure in the Sims tool right now. Jordan did the first run uh, in the morning. Things will change, of course, but this gives us a good, you know, foundational view. 7% to Scotty Barnes, 3% to RJ Barrett. There's just not a lot here at all makes sense you know there was a time only a few weeks ago we were getting you get a ton of toronto it's just not yeah. the case anymore. like quickly and and barrett aren't at price points that make it easy purtle's been back so that you know takes some shine away from this team oh by the way today's the last day josh two two months or buy yeah so purchase two months of the sims package single sport so basketball yeah. in this case and get an entire month of it free. Massive value. We yeah. did this specifically for the release of a NASCAR. 
right? This was this was specifically for NASCAR that re that released over the All Star break, but for NBA, it's the best deal of any sport you're going to get because NBA happens every single day of the week, seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, the Sims tool has every slate too. Like you could, Jordan could show you the drop down right now. We have every slate included. Plus, it's not just the Sims and the contest generator and the post contest generator simulator. Uh, and really the most valuable tool of any is the, the late swap tool, the late swap simulator where you can actually just make swaps in minutes without having to do any additional legwork, any critical thinking leading up until a game starts, you just upload whatever lineups you have. It re it simulates them again and gives you all of the highest sim lineups, gives you every optimal swap. You click one button. And then you just throw that file back into DraftKings or FanDuel. I mean, it is a legitimate game changer for sure. But you're getting ownership projections with it, player projections, top stack or uh, boom bust tool, all of that stuff, like across the board. Lineup generator, premium Discord, all of it's included. It's get buy two, get an entire month free. Today is the last day for any of that. So, yeah, John, it might be a NASCAR. It might have been specified for NASCAR, but this will get you through what? We're in, we're heading, we're. 22nd of february get you through the you know third week of may it'll get you past the pga championship if you want it on the golf side you'll get two majors that cover this all the way through the end of may but pga championship is may 16th through the 19th you'll be covered for that as well so if you were more interested in checking out the golf side of it that exists too yeah baseball's oh, coming thought. like obviously you're not picking that up in this spot but like we have baseball well on the way but yeah basketball is going to take you to the end of may the boys have been killing it with the Sims tool and the lineup generator. Yeah, but, you're, uh, like you'll be people, long into you'll be in the playoffs by still easy. with this same package for the a NBA. Month, you'll be a month into the playoffs, basically. Yeah, yeah. So check it out. Uh, phenomenal deal. Link in the description. Link is in the chat as well. I assume Jordan threw it in there, but this is the last day. Last day for the two for one single sport. Uh, like Josh said, any sport you want, but NBA. When you talk about bang for the buck every single day, every single slate, just run yeah. the Sims. You can make adjustments too. Like you can set exposure caps, ROI boost. You can upload your own projections, ownership, all that stuff. So very customizable if you're looking to work with that on top of it. Anyway, Phoenix and Dallas. Huh. Bradley Beal's questionable. Dante Exum's out. That's the only news that we have pending or, you know, solidified. Are you getting to anything for Phoenix? I have 2% of Yusuf Nurkic right now. Uh, even if Beal ends up out, like you're not going to go crazy here. It's not, It's kind of wild to think that this is a game that is pulling the least amount of ownership by a mile because it feels like Beal, Booker, Durant, Kyrie, Luka. feels like somebody should be going nuts in this game because it's all offense, but... Pricing-wise, it's just not here. I don't have a single guy on Phoenix projecting for 5X's salary. We've talked about countless examples throughout every other game. Highest optimal guy that we have is Nurkic at 7.9. Ownership at 3.8. Like, it's... There's just not a lot here for Phoenix. You're going to need Beal out, and even if he's out, I don't think that does anything other than, like, make you a little bit more interested in Durant and Booker. Yeah, for sure. On the other side, though, I mean, Luca's getting 6%, slight positive leverage in the boom bust tool, about 7.5% optimal. Yeah. He's probable. It's Luka Doncic. He's, you know, astronomically priced, as he should be, but he's fantastic. And it's a 244.5 total game, second highest on the slate. 
I would also think it's possible that if ownership, I'm sorry, if injuries trickle in and there are, you know, several players that end up being out that we have projected in right now or random news that happens as it generally does leading up to lock on a 10 game slate, Luca might become a little bit more popular just given how good he is, given the total in this game. And as you said, an offensive game. Yeah. And I have 19% because we have enough value that it's, I don't find it to be all that difficult to get to him. Um, so I like that pos- slight positive leverage that we have. And I think it'll only look better and better as the day goes on, but and it's a decent enough spot, just not a place you're going to go crazy because 12 one is still a very high salary and everybody else is sort of priced where it doesn't suck to get to the nine K range. I have 9% of Kyrie. I don't really see how you go to anything else. If you're going to grab anybody, I think it's probably PJ Washington just because he has that power forward eligibility, but it, it's really just Luca and Kyrie. If you're looking at anything here. Pretty much it. All right. Well, I knew we'd get through that one pretty quick. Now we get yeah. to Boston and Chicago. Patrick Williams remains out. Tory Craig hurt himself working out during the all-star break. So he's out. Yeah. But I suppose we can start on the Boston side. The Celtics on the road, eight and a half point favorites, 225 and a half point total here. Kind of tough to really fall in love with anybody from this Celtics team today. It's the same as it always is. White, Brown, Tatum, Holiday, Porzingis. If you want to play one of them, go for it. The most optimal is Brown at five and a half. The most owned is Brown or Tatum at 4.1. Like it's, it's the same thing we see every time. There's no way to grab one of those guys and really feel confident about it, but you assume one of them is worth getting. Uh, I'd probably start with Jalen Brown because he's the easiest guy to get to, but I have 3% of him, and that's the most I have of anybody on Boston. I just don't – it's way too hard to try to single out one of those guys from the Celtics. And Chicago plays very slow basketball, too. 29th. Uh, so does Boston. 27th in pace for me, yeah. and I have Chicago 29th. Vooch, seventy five hundred. Actually, what I was, I was, I was gonna, I was meaning to ask you about this once we got to the game. Uh, you'd seen Vooch Drummond starting alongside each other. You have no Patrick Williams now. Tory Craig is out as well, and he'd been soaking up some of that playing time. Some really, really significant minutes from Vooch lately. And I mean, last game he averaged like a half a fantasy point per minute against that big front court in in Cleveland, but. My God, uh, this is my question. So, like, you, you saw him go up against Cleveland. They start Vooch and Drummond. Uh, we saw Minnesota made a lot. Like, do we assume that they just continue to start Vooch alongside Drummond coming out of the break? I don't know. Uh, this seems like a bad spot to do that. That's what I'm saying. You have two bigs that can both make drill three-pointers. That, can, that both of them have range. Well, not even that. Even if it's not two bigs, it's still Jason Tatum at the four <laughs> instead of. Oh, for sure. But I'm saying like all of their guys that in the front court, they yeah. all have range. The whole team. It's the, the whole, whole road. The whole rotation is is right. is out right. in this situation. I mean, maybe they want to do that and think our best bet to win this game is to just eviscerate them on the boards. Hope that we can just corral every single miss that happens. Because if you start bumping up, like if he's starting and you give Andre Drummond 27 or 28 minutes, we're talking about a guy that you got to get to. The only thing that's interesting to me, like I assume they're going 
Caruso, Desunmu, White, DeRozan, Vooch. I think that is going to get destroyed, but I'm not entirely sure there's anything they can do about it. I'm happy to get DeRozan at 7,600. I'm over the field on Vooch at 7,500. I think his minutes look fine. The interesting piece for me is just sort of the way that, like, is Boston going to get to the rim? That's the key. If you think Boston's going to get to the rim as much as they want, then I think you're more likely to see Drummond play. If not, then maybe not. What, I mean, 6,100. Let's say you get 27 minutes out of Drummond. Does that seem reasonable to you if he's starting? Yeah, it's around what we've been seeing, yeah. Call it 1.25 fantasy points per minute. That's 33.8 at 6,100. That's 5.5x his salary. He's probably the best guy on Chicago if he starts. But I don't have the confidence that he starts. That just seems like you're going to get the shit kicked out of you by Boston. It feels like a very bad spot to do that. How many it does? How many of these games since Minnesota did he start? I know he started Minnesota. I know he started Cleveland. I know he didn't start. Tory Craig started against Miami. Um. Uh, Vooch and Drummond have started. Two games did not alongside start against each other. Orlando. Go ahead. It's only two games. Right. That's right. So, but look at that. It was Minnesota and Cleveland. Two yeah. very distinct characteristics about those front courts. If I had to glean anything yeah. from this, I, I would say Drummond doesn't start. But here's the thing. Torrey Craig is out along with Patrick Williams. So you're not starting Craig anymore either. Maybe they only start Drummond in cities that no one wants to go to. <laughs> By the way, Boston, 27th in rim frequency, 29th in short mid-range frequency. They already don't go to the rim. That's the kind of thing that makes me think, why would you start Drummond then? What about three-point frequency? Uh, significantly more frequent, as in number one non-corner, number go. one all You can't threes. start Drummond in this spot. You can't. It Not to me. Be... But like it's, it's the Bulls. Like I don't expect them to make the right decisions. So who did you say you think starts? Like, I, I think know. it's Car Caruso, Desumu, White, DeRozan, Vooch. Which somebody is going to like, every one of the, someone is going to get the DeRozan matchup and that's going to go really well. <laughs> yeah, actually they ran that starting lineup on on the the 10th against Orlando. That was the lineup they ran. Yeah. Yeah, Torrey Craig was, I wonder to Torrey, it does, I, I don't know, no, no need to go too far into this, but I was just going to say, did Torrey Craig start in a game? Because we know Williams was out. Was Caruso? Caruso might have also been out for that game. He was. That so that makes sounds sense. right to me. I'm looking at it now. Caruso was out for that Miami game. So yeah, that, on the 12th. Yeah. Yeah. So that, or I'm sorry, the Atlanta game, not the Miami game. But yeah, I just I don't. And unless we can get Drummond in the starting lineup, you're not looking at him. At which point, I do like the Bulls. Like, I, I like Vooch's price for his minutes. I like DeRozan's price for his minutes. I like DeSumu for what I assume to be 35 minutes. Do you think Drummond not starting can hurt Vooch's minutes? It should. But they're still playing some minutes alongside each other. Not a lot, yeah. but they still played a little bit of, alongside when Drummond's not starting. Yeah, so, like, that's how I have it for today. I have... 37 Vooch, 21 Drummond. Then Vooch still looks really good. 
yeah, like I think you could probably get away with it if when they have Horford and Porzingis alongside of each other for whatever bits that happens. But that's it. It's not like you're like you're worried about Horford beating somebody off the dribble. At least you can you can make that work. Right. Yeah, Horford is just he's a one trick pony at this point. Yeah. What else do you want to do with Chicago before we keep it going? I mean, we have pretty sizable negative leverage on Vooch. I gave Vooch two extra minutes. That's probably what's carrying me to get to him. Um, but I mean, 7,600 small forward power forward for DeRozan. If he's con- going to continue to play 38 minutes a night, he's probably the easiest guy to get to from the Bulls. Clippers, OKC. What a great game. Yeah, man. Oh, by, yo, how about this? How did I how did I bury the lead here? What a perfect day for us to return to playback where there's four games at seven o'clock. It's we have that. So we're gonna look at having like first half bets and stuff, st- stuff that we can sweat heading up to eight. And then the other big piece, uh which game was it? Greg sent it to me earlier. I want to make sure I plug it now. Give me one second. Okay. Uh, FanDuel is running a... Everybody gets a no-sweat same-game parlay on either Suns-Mavs or Lakers-Warriors. So we're going to build one for one of those late games at, at the end of the show. We're going to build one of those because I know like Aton's popping on. Uh, Ben's going to be popping on. So we're going to be able to... We're going to build out one of those on FanDuel too for tonight. Sweet. Suns-Dallas uh, is actually 7.30 game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking it was one of the ten o'clocks for later tonight, but yeah, that's uh, that's why we're doing that one for seven thirty. We're gonna be able to build it for everybody. That's cool. Heading that's into cool. that tip yeah. off. I don't know. In my mind, that was one of the ten o'clocks. It wasn't long ago, but Josh and I were on playback. Insanely cool platform where you're. Yeah. It's it's insanely cool. So you go in, it'd be like this. Like you see us talking, right? Um, in my opinion, it looks better than how YouTube looks, but we're going yeah. to be streaming on playback today now the deeper dive and live before lock will be on there but it'll be simulcast to youtube so you still can see it on youtube but then the post lock show watching the games because on playback you can like watch the actual games watch the actual games and we can give out vip passes to people if you don't have nba league pass uh we can give out a ton of vip passes for you to be able to chill with us watch the games josh and i did it during the playoffs and the finals for a few years had an yeah. amazing time then yeah. we just I'm not getting drunk tonight. No, you can't not at not the first time. Well, we just got short on time. It became difficult to do. But um, yeah, dude, if you guys you'll be here for the deeper dive live before lock, definitely suggest come hang out for the post lock show, DFS, uh, late swap stuff, sports betting, prize picks. I know you'll have a couple new cards loaded in the hopper that yeah. weren't on odd shopper today. Uh, all of that stuff. We're giving away Sims packages today to kick yep. this off. Lineup generator subscriptions. We're giving away odd shopper subscriptions. It's going to yep. be a time, man. It's going to be fun. And by the way, this is going nowhere. We are doing this for the next for the rest of the season. Yeah, Monday at, at least Monday through Friday, probably seven days a week, where we're going to be live on playback after the normal shows. You're not losing anything. You're just gaining a more fun place to hang out once the games start. And if you guys are still wondering we're watching the games together with no lag. Like it's perfectly yeah. safe. Everybody gets the same stream. You're watching the full game with, with just our stupid little heads on it. 
Yep, with us. And you can adjust. Like, if you didn't want to listen to us for a second, you could turn the game volume up. I have a blend. I have the game volume low, but then I hear you when we're doing yeah. it. Uh, you and Greg tonight bringing a bunch of people on. It'll be fun. Uh, if yeah. you want to download the app now, it's everything's free, by the way. Uh, but yeah. we'd love to have you guys come. We'd love to, like, actually cultivate a cool community feel there for betting, D, all of this stuff, like DFS and hang out and watch games together. It's something we lack here that would be really fun. So uh, links yeah. down there if you want to, or just download the app or uh, click the link. It'll take you to the stream. Uh, and if you have questions about it, hit us up. But it's going to be a blast. We're going to be doing this for a while. I can't guarantee this will happen regularly, but like if I ever have a late night sweat going on post 10 o'clock, I might just fire playback right back up. And like, even if it's just me talking or like, you know, whoever else wants to hop on at that point in time, if if we've got any sweats, this is the perfect way that we can watch the game, sweat the things we're actually looking for. And everybody can just hang out with us. The VIP thing is the coolest. They didn't have that when you and I did it last time, but now you can give out tons of VIP passes to people who don't yeah. have league pass and now they do, which is yeah. huge. Clippers. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. I'm I'm pumped for it. Yeah, man. Clippers Thunder 236 total, Thunder one point favorites. Another pretty low owned game overall. I mean, SGA is kind yeah. of on the back burner of this slate right now. Same with Holmgren. Uh Paul George and Kawhi getting five, six percent respectively. Highest owned player is seven percent owned Jalen Williams right now. Not a popular game. Now, it's a great game to watch. I mean, we're talking about arguably the two best teams in the West in the regular season right now. You could slot in Minnesota wherever you want, but it is sort of the discussion point. Uh, obviously, built-in storylines of Paul George and SGA and being on opposite teams and being traded for each other. That said, not a lot looks good here. Now, we have Paul George with a ton of positive leverage. I don't know what minutes Paul George is playing yet, And that's the only thing sort of slowing me down. He did play 33 last time out. He played 36 on the 10th, but they have been pumping the brakes on his like 35, 36 regularly. But we have him with positive leverage at 35 minutes. And I think that is at least interesting. That probably makes him the guy you want the most of anybody here. But you're really only looking at PG, Kawhi, maybe James Harden, maybe Zubats. But it isn't a great DFS matchup because both teams are really good. Like, both of them are good defensively. This is just a game that you should want to watch. It's the best game on today's slate, and it's not close. From a viewer perspective, a fan Yeah, I mean, this is this is a real, like, playoff-style preview matchup. Who's your favorite play from this game, then? If you had to pick one. Game? Yeah. We can talk OKC, too, but, like, as a transitional point. Yeah. Is it from is it from the OKC side? Probably, yeah. Um, the guy I have the most is Jalen Williams, seven uh, K power forward. I have nine percent. I got the seven percent of Chet, seven percent of Shea. I don't have anybody in double digits, so it's hard to say that I like anybody individually a lot. I mean, ten five for Shea here, defending his home turf against the team that traded him, feels like he gets up for this one. Like, I know that's a dumb thing to say. It's not how I, like, break down games. But 1.6 DraftKings points per minute over the last 30 days for Shea. He's the guy I want the most out of this game. Houston and New Orleans, 229 total. Pell's seven-point favorites at home. Heading over to the boom bust tool here. And, Jordan, pull up our exposure to this game as well. Uh, the Houston Rockets right now, highest-owned player is a 5% Fred Van Vliet. 
we do have him with positive leverage at 6,700. Yeah. Uh, pretty significant positive leverage here. Now, of course, Fred Van Vliet was was not in the lineup for a while there, and we were getting yes. we were getting Amon Thompson with some pretty strong games. He for a while there, he was like the for a couple games he was the best value on the slate. Fred Van mm-hmm. Vliet hasn't played since the fourth. Uh, do we expect him to return without any limitations? Dealing with a more, more or less. Like I think he's going to step right into the starting lineup and play starter minutes. You might yeah. not get the thirty-seven you always expect out of Fred VanVleet. You're probably in that like thirty-three, thirty-four range, I think. And he's fine at sixty-seven hundred. I'd be happy to get there. But this is another spot where I think the ownership tells the story. Five point seven percent ownership to Fred VanVleet is the high mark for Houston. If you're looking at him or Shangoon, I think that's all right. I have a hard time believing you're prioritizing anybody else from Houston. Yeah, and you're certainly not getting Amon Thompson anymore. I'll tell you that much. He not likely, them. no. He was killing. He was yeah. playing really well from a fantasy perspective more than anything. But uh, yeah. Shingun's 8,600. We do like Again, we do have a couple guys with positive leverage. It's just not insane. Like We have him, he's 4.9% owned, 7.4% optimal. So, you know, there, there's something there, but... It's not a great spot either. It's not a a, a no. really appealing matchup against the Pels in New Orleans. But um, so what? Just a little bit of Fred Van Vliet in this spot. Most I have of anybody is two percent of Shingun or two percent of Van Vliet. It's it, to me, it's really hard. You didn't yeah. like having no Van Vliet. I don't want to say that it increased the minutes across the board because that's not totally true, but it certainly did to their prices. Uh, it certainly increased Ahmed Thompson's price, but. Like all of these guys, like getting Fred Van Vliet back isn't going to help anybody if their price went up. What about the Pels? I mean, we just dive right into the Pelicans here because there's not going to be a ton, but we do have Zion and and Herb Jones both pulling a little bit of ownership. Aside from that, there's nothing. I will say, though, keep an eye on Brandon Ingram. He's questionable. And if Brandon Ingram ends up not playing, that could change some things. As of now, though, we don't know. This game tips off at what eight o'clock, but this is this is Josh, one of those spots I alluded to being an illness, and I don't think he practiced yesterday. Yeah, no, he didn't practice yesterday. So any shoot around news would be very helpful on someone like Ingram. Yeah, because um, that's that creates this giant trickle down effect of yeah. If he's not playing, you're jamming a, a lot more of CJ, a lot more of Zion. You're creating Trey Murphy like. It all looks a lot better. Now, Herb Jones is pulling 14% ownership. I fully agree with that. 4,600. Now that Dyson Daniels is gone, I think you're pretty well locked into Herb Jones playing 30, 31, 32 minutes. Um, He's uh, like, he's in 21% of my stuff. He's my most owned Pelican. I think it's very easy to want to get to Zion either way at 7,800. He's been playing pretty well as of late. He's been healthy. 1.3 fantasy points per minute for someone like Zion. He's pulling more ownership than anybody else on the Pels. And then I think it's very easy to get to shares of Ingram or CJ if you want to. But the big piece will be figuring out if B.I. is in or not. Because if he's out, you have this game starting at 8 alongside two other games, plus two more after that. You'll have no shortage of swaps that you can make to get to the pieces you like from the Pelicans. Eight o'clock. We should, we should have a good idea. I mean, look, if, if Ingram doesn't go through shoot-around, yeah, it's not guaranteed. If with an illness though, if he goes through shoot around, you just he's in. 
Like I'd be yeah. shocked if he doesn't play. If he does, yeah, these are though, go ahead. Illnesses are always tricky because like you shouldn't want your guy that doesn't feel good to go to shoot around, like just get him fluids and get him ready for the game. Brandon Ingram is going to know how to get through a day without shoot around and still play a basketball game. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he's at shoot around, he's playing. If he's not at shoot around, it doesn't mean he isn't playing. Uh, Yeah. It does mean he probably is still not close to a hundred percent though. So correct. We'll see if he's out, who becomes the best play in this game and how good of a play do they become? It's it's got to be Zion. I mean, he's already the most owned guy, and then he just becomes infinitely better than he was before that. Herb Jones certainly gets a little bit of a bump, and then I think you start looking a little bit closer at someone like Trey Murphy, who's just going to probably play 30 minutes then, and then you're getting him guard forward. Washington and Denver. You see the spread mm-hmm. on this, baby? Uh, they. I wish they would have dropped the 9 o'clock games, too. Yeah, we don't even need them, right? <laughs> well, they're just growing. Like, Wizards heading to elevation coming out of the break to face the team that like at this point, Denver is probably looking at it like, all right, time to start getting focused and ramping yeah, like ourselves up to kick the shit played, out of people. The way the Warriors played for years on end where they didn't need to play the first half of the season. Yeah. Like now uh, this is a horrific spot and like, it's not like the Wizards are any good to begin with. Uh, that said 28 minutes out of a $5,300 Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley versus Nikola Jokic is a bit of a mismatch, but uh, I think Bagley looks all right from a DFS standpoint. Tyus Jones's minutes are there. He's playing 31, 32 minutes a night. I think we have him with massive negative leverage, and I agree, but he is one of the guys you got to pay attention to for the Wizards. Kyle Kuzma, I guess, wants to actually be a, a wizard. So uh, you know, I have 10% of him. I like him in it. I like Kuzma in basically all GPPs because if the game is close, you assume Kyle Kuzma had a little bit to do with it because of how bad Washington is. There are no other priorities here, but enjoy the Marvin Bagley experience tonight. Just what everybody wanted against the, you know, most likely MVP. Also, just throwing it out there. What the hell has gotten into Denny Avdia? He hasn't missed, dude. He's like 40 of 60 in his last 60 shots or something stupid. He had 43 and 15 last game. Look at his look at his field for the past four games. Look at his field goals made and attempted. He basically hasn't missed. Yeah. Uh 54%, 65, 64, 70%. Yeah. It's crazy. I look, I've been a big Denny guy since the draft. I wanted him to go earlier. I wanted I wanted him to desperately get to Golden State with that second pick they had. They ended up going Kaminga, but I liked the Denny fit. I, I believe that's how I took it. I don't know. The mock draft that I did that is on our YouTube channel. So you can go find it if you want to. But I just, he's like a really good connector. And if, you know, he's starting to feel himself a little bit more and getting there, he's one of those guys that are like kind of good at everything, but not great at anything. Yeah. And Which this is, is not the kind of guy you want to have on the worst team in the league. That's the kind of guy you want to have as like your sixth best guy on a good team. A hundred percent. This is also not the guy that you, I mean, this is not the spot. To, to go to Denny Avdia today. He's also 6,800 now. That's what I mean. In elevation against the Nuggets as a 15-point dog, he's been fantastic, but that gets a little bit difficult. The rebounding numbers are amazing, too. They're just yeah. really good. I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan, just not for DFS today. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get back to it. What about the Denver side? I would... I mean, you kind of have to pick between Jokic and Luca, ownership wise, it's Jokic. He's twenty five percent owned. 
No, he's 25% owned. We only gave him 32 and a half minutes too, which I, I think is kind of interesting. It's clearly horrific Wizards defense. They're the fastest team in the league. Denver is going to gain like six possessions by playing them. The spot looks great for Jokic. If you want to get to Nikola Jokic as your priority payout, I have no disagreements. I'm a little light on him right now, but it's not because he doesn't look amazing because he does. I have him at 1.84 DraftKings points per minute in this matchup. There's just a lot. When you get these bigger slates when there's 10 games, there's so many individual center options that it becomes really interesting of like, do you just save a little bit more salary here and get to a Luka? And instead of having Jokic, you have like $3,000 in salary and you get Alper and Shingun. Like that kind of thing is there for you. But I will not talk anybody out of Jokic. He looks like arguably the best thing you could pay up for. Other guy that I'd be looking at is probably 8K, Jamal Murray. Price is a little lofty, but that's what happens when you face the Wizards. It just looks like a better spot. I don't want much else here uh, from Denver. And Jokic and Murray are the only guys that got to double-digit optimal or ownership. Ready to wrap this up? Charlotte, Utah? <sighs> I guess. What a dumpster fire of a game here, too. Yeah, 230.5 total. Hornets are 10-point dogs here in Utah. You mentioned that Utah plays better at home. Uh, they have been just quite bad defensively overall, but, you know, it's still the Hornets. Yeah, the Jazz over the last, uh, since the start of February, by far the worst defensive rating, 125.6. So that's rough. But we'll start with Charlotte. And I want to get your thoughts on guys like Cody Martin, Trey Mann, Grant Williams. And the, the one thing that jumps off is just the guys that are cheap are getting ownership today. Yeah. It is still a good spot, but again, it's Cody Martin. It's Grant Williams. This is who we're, this is who we're dealing with for Charlotte. now. I expect that ownership to come down a little bit on Cody Martin, but the spot is great against Utah fast paced team, bad defense. Those look like the easiest guy to get to from Charlotte. I only got to 13%. So I, I don't have a huge issue with where the ownership is. I just think it comes down a little bit. You know, Trey Mann is their newly minted point guard. He's pulling 15% ownership, feels a little healthy. Grant Williams is there now playing 28 or 30 minutes a night. He's at 12% ownership. Again, it feels okay to get to some of these Charlotte pieces, but okay is really the best that I can describe him. Like Bridges is at 8,900. That's a big price tag. I think he still looks okay, but a lot of the excess that you can get out of bridges is gone now because of that price being where it is like i'd rather play mikhail bridges than miles bridges at this point i don't think they're all that different for what you want to get out of it today i'm mostly this is probably the team that i'm most under the field on in comparison to ownership like i'm well under on man i'm well under on grant williams i'm well under on cody martin but i he is the only guy that i got more than four percent of so if i'm looking at anybody it's martin just because of that eligibility why would Trey Mann play the last minute of that last game when they were down by 25? Like, he didn't come in until a minute. He started the game, played 29 minutes, and then came back for mop-up duty with JT, Thor, Nick Smith. and Like, how does – that's odd. I don't know. I don't – it's another team where it's just like – it's hard to – really understand what these guys are going to be trying to do because they can really throw anything – at the wall and see what sticks. It's just, they, they're they like, they're not really that invested in Trey Manning. He just happened to end up there. Yeah. You know, if they want to try to 
rehab. I don't want to say rehab, but like, I think they can trade Misich for something real next year if they want to. He's not young. Like he's a he's a full Euro style guard. That but could... there's no standard procedure here. It doesn't matter no. what they do. No, it does not. No, they want to get a look at everybody. Yeah, that's right. And with that in mind, I don't know. I mean, Trey Man doesn't look bad though in the spot. No, he, not at all. Like he to me, he's the second best option you can get to from Charlotte. I'd rather get to Trey Man than get to Grant Williams. You think Cody Martin's still the, the best one here? Yeah. All right. Let's talk Utah. Utah's given us a lot lately. So dumb, dude. This is the dumbest game on the slate. <laughs> Keontae George is still forty seven hundred dollars. Uh, how? Like what? Who I, fell I asleep it. at DraftKings over the break? Like that 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 final game ended on Thursday, and I feel like the whole company took off. <laughs> he so he's the guy that I mentioned earlier. Like he played only forty one minutes price in regulation. Broken. Yeah, he's forty one minutes in regulation. Got up twenty two shots. Yeah, it's not even like oh he had thirty three points, but he. He got like, uh, you know, Denny Avdia hot, right? And made 70%. He shot 50% from the field. He attempted 16 threes, played 41 minutes in regulation on a team that doesn't have a good defense. Like, just 4,700 is mind-numbing. I, I, I truly don't. Look, neither you or myself are saying that we expect him to go back out there and do what he did against Golden State. But you don't even have to come close to that. To me, he's the unequivocal number one play, not close. Matherin will look better, obviously, if he does get named the starter, yeah. but that's the man. This is just 4,700 is stupid. I didn't think he'd be this price the last time he played and he got that price again. Now it's just still here as a stupidly low price. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's been like a 0.95 guy for the season. It's not like he's some void of scoring and stats on the offensive side where you're like oh well he needs every minute he doesn't even need every minute like i gave him 32 we gave him 32 he could play more than that now i have 59 percent. to me he's the obvious best thing you can get to he's the first guy you're putting into every cash lineup by a mile but that it doesn't stop there i have four other dudes on this team in at least 10 percent of my lineups i have 38% ownership going to Walker Kessler, who's now installed into the starting lineup once again. I only gave him 25 minutes. He's in, I'm 2Xing his ownership. I'm over on Jordan Clarkson, shooting guard, small forward, 5,700. I have 25% of him. I'm still getting to Colin Sexton, who saw a little bit of a minutes bump now that they're consolidating this rotation from 10 guys down to nine. He's the second most owned guy, and I completely believe in, believe in that ownership. If you want to play an $8,100 Laurie Markkinen against the Hornets, please go ahead and do so. That seems totally fine. I'm over the field on him. We're getting John Collins into double digits in ownership. Now, he tends to be a guy I don't get to, but no disagreements in the fact that he's out there playing 30 minutes a night. Oh, by the way, they're playing the Hornets, who are awful on defense. I don't understand it. The, this the is the easy, easy, easy late night hammer. Like you look at these minutes... I guess at this point, we don't know if Collins or Kessler are going to close, depending on the game. Yeah. I mean, you have to just assume that Clarkson closes with Markin and George and Sexton, right? You would imagine. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying like it's it, a guarantee. Especially I, in Charlotte. Like, yeah, like they, they, it's not like they have to care about sizing. 
Right, exactly. So what I'm saying is Kessler could play more than 25. Yeah, yeah, he could, he could, like, we saw him play 25 last time out, 28 the game before that, 26 and 27. Those are the four yeah. minutes numbers that he's had since the deadline, since Fontecchio and Olinick and Akaji got shipped out. Also a lot of blowouts. If, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of blowouts there too, so you don't really know. Yeah, like even if you just want to say that he can get to 27, that looks amazing. I'm already 2xing him. It's to me, the Jazz are the clear best team that you can get to. I have 167% exposure going to the Jazz. They're 140% owned. They're one of two teams that got to triple digits. The Pacers are the other one, which is obviously largely made up by Benedict Matherin right now. It's Utah by a mile. Uh last question. You may have mentioned it. How much marketing do you have right now? I have 11%, but to me, he's another guy that looks super sneaky on a day like today. You get that MPE. He's not going to like immediately grade out as the best thing that you can get to, but why doesn't he just go out there and, and nuke Charlotte? I have his target score at 53. Like you get him to 53 fantasy points at 8,100. That's six and a half X his salary. Like that's a pretty reasonable, good game out of marketing. Yeah, I think so too. Crazy. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand no. the pricing, but here we are. We did good just, today. Like, you know, if we took a little bit of a, late, a slow start, you know, we're catching up after being gone well. for a week, but 10 games, we crushed this. 10 games coming out of the break. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah. Again, guys, appreciate you hanging out as always. We will be back deeper dive live before lock and on playback. So you want to watch it there. Post-lock show will exclusively be on playback tonight because it's the only place we can watch the actual basketball games with you. It's not us yeah. watching them and you don't hear or you don't see the game. No, we're all watching them synced up together. You just plug your provider in and we're going to be giving out a lot of VIP passes. So even if you don't have NBA league pass, don't sweat it. We can get, we can get you over there, get you in so you can watch all these games with us. Um, Josh and Greg kicking that one off right after, uh, well, really 7 p.m. So it'll be right before tip, but after lock, talking prize picks, sports betting, DFS, late swap, everything, and hanging out, hanging out. And remember, last day, two buy two, get one free month of NBA single uh, sports sims. It's not just sims. It's literally everything on the site for that sport. Two months, get one free. Links to everything in the description and chat. Hopefully we see you guys on playback tonight. At the very least, deeper dive live before lock. Really, at the very least, thanks for hanging out with us this morning coming out of the break. Follow Josh at Josh Ingham and me at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. And uh, shout out to Jordan for producing. We'll see you back here tonight, 5 o'clock. Wow, 445, I would assume. Peace.